Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This podcast is brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? Yeah. Okay, I woke up in the morning, I looked over at my clock and realized I'm running late for my class. I had to hop up out of bed, turn my swag around the stair, but I forgot to pay the bill for the contest. So I was on Drive Kings, betting money on the Queens, know that L.A. team knew where the spars And I'm on a trip gang, putting on for the scene, it's Cub with the Women's Sports Podcast. Yeah. It's Cub with the Women's Sports Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Women's Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Colby Marshall, and alongside me today is Annie Costable from the Sun-Times. Annie, thank you for doing this. Most people call me Annie, Stop, but Annie. you can call me Annie. Annie, this is not going to be on there. I cut it. So for the people that are wondering what the hell Annie's talking about, I screwed up her name first try, typical me fashion. It was great. It honestly made us both laugh and um, took some of the pressure off for this cyber interview. Of who? Who's pressure? I mean, I feel a ton of pressure right now. I don't know about you. For what? You literally just have to answer questions. I'm just kidding with you. Okay. So there's like so many different things we could start with. And I'm going to start with the easiest thing. How's the first half of the WNBA and WSL season going for you? Um, Well, it's extremely busy. Uh, some days I'm a little out of sorts covering both of these teams just because their seasons are obviously at the same exact time. So um, it's definitely a lot to kind of flip back and forth and then deal with breaking news on on the same days. And, and unfortunately, the reality is that I, um, I'm not going to get to cover everything the same way uh, or with you know, the same intensity that I I would like if I were, I were just covering one beat, but at the end of the day, I'm really passionate about uh, covering women's sports in Chicago. And so I'm, I'm going to do whatever I have to do. But uh, as far as the first half of both of these seasons, it's as exciting as ever. I think for the red stars, they're not exactly uh, the team that people were expecting them to be early on. That doesn't, you know, mean that they can't turn things around for the second half of the season. And then as far as the sky go, I think they're really living up to expectations aside from that seven game losing streak, which there's no way around how gnarly that was. I think that was bad, but when you're analyzing it, there are reasons that that happened injury, the entire team wasn't together. And if those kind of excuses were used and then they weren't able to turn it around when, when players came back and they had their full roster available. I think that would have been like, okay, this team isn't actually good, but um, you know, we saw them turn it around and, and produce the, the longest winning streak in franchise history. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's been an exciting start to the season for both teams. hundred percent. For different uh, reasons. Yeah. That seven game losing streak was big concern because I was just preaching oh it's the sky season sky season and everyone's like Coley what are you talking about I'm like oh just wait the whole team's injured or not well the problem with going on a losing streak like that too in the WNBA is that the season isn't very long so if it goes any longer then you're getting into an area where you maybe like mathematically can't turn that around but seven games they showed they turned it around once they had their entire team available. So we're seeing a very different team right now. Is there one team you'd rather cover if you could, if you could just pick one and only had to do one? Oh, no. You like uh, honest, yeah. Gosh, that's like my ego talking. Cause it's <laughs> typical like typical journalist, typical journalist. <laughs> I resent that. Um, <laughs> Wicker Park. I think, I hate you. Um, I think that like, I, I love both. I love covering women's sports. And so in Mm -hmm. Chicago covering the sky and the red stars is really exciting. I think if I take my ego out of it though, I would love to see the red stars in the sky covered as individual beats instead of one person on both of them, because I just think the, you know, we, we naturally would, would, do a better job at it. Not yeah. saying that I'm doing a bad job, but just saying like, we don't see the same reporter covering the 
the socks and the bears yeah or you know the socks and the cut so um yes i think that the the goal and the hope is that both of these beats get covered as they should be covered if i had to pick between the sky or the red stars i wouldn't i i am passionate about covering both teams so i would i wouldn't make that call um does anyone cover athletes unlimited it's in rosemont it should be covered I've covered a few things with Athletes Unlimited, but we aren't covering it like day to day by oh, any yeah, means. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I've written a I've written a couple stories about Athletes Unlimited. Good, I'm big on Athletes Unlimited. Yeah, I mean that's an incredible league. I, I think that I think that anybody that is taking it upon themselves to bring opportunities to women in sport, that's an incredible thing. And Athletes Unlimited is leading in a lot of ways, you know, whether it's the sports that they are providing, like lacrosse, like who, you know, what professional opportunities really are there for women playing lacrosse and even um, softball, you know, Athletes Unlimited Softball League is is paying its players better than than national pro fast pitches, if I'm not mistaken. Which is dead. So, which is dead. Right. So it's, it's, um, athletes unlimited is really doing a good, a great job and they deserve more coverage than, than they're getting. And, and I can say that because I wish we were giving them more coverage than, than we are. So, um, athletes unlimited is definitely doing a great job. Yeah. What doesn't make sense to me is how much viewership college softball receives and then the pro levels literally barely making it year after year. It doesn't make any sense to me. Well, I mean, ESPN is covering is covering women's soccer or women's softball at the collegiate level. Is ESPN broadcasting any national pro fast pitch games? No, it's that the pro fast pitch was on I think it's Flow Softball, something like that. Right. And you'd so, have to pay for it. So that's why no one's watching it. Right. Um national broadcasts we've seen in the NWSL and in the WNBA, when national broadcasts are available, people are going to tune in. We've seen these numbers continue to climb, whether that's on ESPN, CBS, whatever the outlet is, when it's there, people are going to watch it. So that's where there needs to be more investment. There needs to be more investment in national broadcasts for women's sports. Yeah, because the... AU has like an ESPN CBS deal, I think. And then I forget what the other one is. It's like one day is ESPN, the other one's CBS. And then I forget what the first day is. I don't know. It's like Fox. I think it's Fox sports. I might be wrong. FS, FS2. I think it's FS2. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it, it's just sad seeing how much people want to consume pro softball. And then there's none in the pro level when it's literally the best of the best because there's very little teams and it's just quality sport. It's like the WNBA. There's barely, like, people get cut every week, get waived every week, and it's hard as hell to stay in a, on a roster spot because everyone's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the WNBA is is elite. There's only 12 teams. There's 144 players. It's a huge issue right now because there's obviously more talent than the 12 teams can provide for. We're seeing that, like you said, every day or every week players are getting cut and this deadline is coming up. So that's why we're seeing so many players get cut this week. But um, expansion is definitely on the horizon. Kathy Engelbert has talked about expansion yeah. being a priority in the coming years. So it's hopefully something that that will be addressed in the coming years. We'll see more teams and we'll see more opportunities for women in this league. What I think um, WNBA needs to do or – I don't know if it's there doing, but the league pass, mm-hmm. there needs to be a Roku app for that. And that would solve what? Even more viewership. Cause like, if you have the league pass, like I don't like watching on my laptop. Like, I don't know. I just have a preference. I don't like watching. Oh, and you're screen. saying with the app that yeah. people would watch uh, yeah. league pass on their TV. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah. 100%. I, I don't totally love watching league pass on my computer either, but it is sometimes nice because you could be watching on your computer and then have another game on your TV. If yeah. you know you want, you also could be watching multiple games on your computer. So, you know, I think um, that's something that I'm sure that they're going to figure out. Yeah. That needs to happen because I don't like it when 
I like check the WNBA tweets and it's like, oh, it's leak pass, leak pass, leak pass. I'm like, oh, I don't want to watch it on my laptop. My laptop's tiny. Like I have a tiny little Mac and I know I'm just complaining for nothing. But hey, at least you have somewhere to watch it and League Pass is super affordable. So if you're out there and you haven't gotten League Pass yet, get League Pass. It's very, 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 very good. Somebody on Twitter paid for it for me. Oh my God, that's really admirable. (laughs) Admirable? I think I said that word wrong. Admirable. Admirable. Admiral. I can talk English. See, I think I do. <laughs> I, I got to ask you, what is what are your thoughts on how with being a journalist in women's sports is basically kind of like an entry level position when there's people who would like want this to be their number one profession and do this for the rest of their lives while some people have it as, oh, I'll just start here. Listen, I appreciate this question because I used to be one of those people. When I was in college, I was totally conditioned to think that like making it, quote unquote, making it in this business was meant I'd end up covering the NBA or the NFL or Major League Baseball because that was where I was seeing all of these ultra successful women. And most of them Mm -hmm. that I was seeing on my TV were white women. So I was like, okay, if I want to do this as a white woman, like I've got to be this like TV girl and I got to cover men's sports and all of these things. And the reality was I was totally like disconnecting from what I was actually passionate about. And so through years of, of ups and downs and lessons in this business, I learned like what I was passionate about and what I was actually good at. And it, it led me to a career in writing versus broadcasting while I still do, you know, broadcasting work when, when it presents itself. And I'm, I'm still like comfortable in that arena. I, I do find myself, you know, I'm better at, uh, you know, as a, uh, print journalist, in my humble opinion. And um, I've seen more success as a print journalist. And that was something that I didn't think I was capable of. Because again, I was conditioned to think as a woman, like, if I wanted to get into this business, I needed to be on TV. And then second part of that, yeah, um, I, I had a total, you know, epiphany, life changing moment when I got back to Chicago. And Tierna Davidson was drafted first overall by the Chicago Red Stars. And that was my first year back in Chicago from Mississippi. And I got here and I was like, why isn't like, why aren't we blowing out a profile, like front page on Tierna Davidson, this like rock star from, from California that the red stars just drafted the same way that we do every NFL draft, like um, NBA draft, you know, all the way that we cover drafts for the men's leagues and our rookies that, that get here and, and play for the bulls and the bears and the Sox and the Cubs and, and the Blackhawks. And so, yeah, I pitched a, a story on, on Tierna to my editor and like, he was, he was all for it. He was like, yeah, go for it. Like, let's do it. And so as soon as I, I got it, just as soon as I, I, I started, I, I was like, this is it for me. this is where I want to be. This is who I want to be covering. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes, feel a little like shameful that at one point in my life, I did have that mentality that for whatever reason, covering men's sports was the end all be all. I'm thankful that I learned better and did better. Um, and I'm thankful to be where I'm at in my career, but I definitely understand that. Yeah. There are some people that look at covering women's sports as a jumping off point and that's a shame. And I hope that they wake up and realize that covering these women's leagues is just as important and and is just as as means you've made it the same way that that covering the NBA, Major League Baseball, um, you know, any of these other men's leagues, it's it's the same thing. I'm glad you brought up posting about draft picks, like stories like that. Like why why aren't they printed? Because I've been on this topic for the longest time because it drives me absolutely insane. Like, uh, example, Dee Dee Richards, how she was partially paralyzed in October. Mm-hmm. Why did it take until the Elite Eight for me to find that out? Because people aren't covering women the same way as men. Like, break, I know, but that... Breaking news isn't even covered the same, the same way. Obviously, if that was any star in, in men's collegiate athletics, 
that would be huge news. And it, it was a feature during, you know, the elite eight on ESPN. And obviously it was, it was talked about once her team made it to the elite eight, but it wasn't this exactly. national news story until then. Yeah. And, and she was a key factor of the team making it that far. Right. And then I use the example of Eric Legrand. Do you know who that is? I don't. He played for Rutgers and he was paralyzed. He got paralyzed on a kickoff. And there was just like feature story after feature story on him. Like I remembered it from, tw- it was 11 years ago and I still remember it. And I looked it up and they're still writing about him. And he wasn't, there's no disrespect for him. Like it's this terrible story, but he wasn't like a key player. He was a special teams guy. That was like a two-star. Well, I'll say this. That's a lot of people like to ask, like, what do these women need to do differently um, to, to get more coverage? They don't need to be doing anything differently. The media needs to be doing more to, to share these stories. And someone, I forget who it was. God, sorry for not giving credit where credit's due, but I was in a conversation and someone said, we can't, the public can't fall in love with these players unless we are sharing their origin story. Like, so, um, for example, Kalia Copper, I'm working on a feature on Kalia and Kalia's a, you know, a, a lovable, like she's a fan favorite. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so I'm not saying that people aren't tied to her story, but, you know, growing up in Philly and, getting drafted by Washington, getting traded to Chicago. Like how many times have we heard what's gone into like that story? Like how many times has Kalia's like story been told? Not like people really aren't, aren't like sharing the details of her journey the same way that we've heard, Mm -hmm. like the details of, you know, LeBron James's story or Zach Levine's story. It's like, we could all, we could, and obviously LeBron is LeBron. So not like saying Kalia yeah. is the LeBron. No, I know, you mean. I know what you mean. But in order to get the average fan to fall in love with the NB, the WNBA, the NWSL, um, professional softball, like we need to be sharing these like origin stories. We need to be like, giving fans reason to fall in love with them. We need to be sharing what makes them relatable. All of these things that happen in men's leagues that need to happen um, in in covering women's leagues. That's why I like doing this podcast because I tell the guests, I'm like, Hey, this is not an X's and O's interview. It's people know you, they're going to tune in to want to know who, who are you? Because they probably don't know who you are. And that's, it's so fun to find out who people are. And I think another big issue is there's no go-to outlet for women's sports. There's absolutely nothing. And you and you can arguably say ESPNW, but ESPNW is a slap in the face to women's sports, in my opinion. Well, I agree. I don't think that there's any go-to outlet for women's sports. I think ESPN is is trying to do a better job at it, or ESPNW is trying to be that that resource. But again, they're not they're not dedicating enough resources to being an outlet for covering women's sports. And we see that when you go to ESPNW and and there are stories missing, you know, if ESPNW wants to be that outlet that shares, that is your source for women's sports. Well, where's the story on Casey Kruger and, and um, her being an alternate for the, the U S women's national team or where is, they pick and choose. It's really yeah. Lazy. It's just it's just they're they're not dedicating enough resources. And when I say resources, like reporters, to covering women's sports nationally, they're definitely covering like the 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 biggest stories, but they're not covering yeah. they're not covering women's sports nationally the same way that they're covering men. So that you can't say that ESPNW is your go to source. They they might be your yeah. go to source for like the latest and greatest on uh, women's highlight. sports, but they're definitely yeah. not your go-to source for national uh, women's sports coverage. And when it comes to national women's sports coverage, you still need to go locally. And and if anyone I think is, is doing the best job, I think it's the athletic, to be honest, in my opinion, because they have reporters in, in all of these cities that, that you can go to yeah. the athletic and then go to your local, you know, team 
And, and a lot of times they do have reporters that are dedicated to the local team everywhere that not, not, they still are lacking in, in their women's sports coverage, yeah. but I would say that the athletic is, is definitely um, comparable to ESPN W. They do an incredible job. And the, on top of that, like you mentioned LeBron's story, everyone knows about it. Like talking, like doing the LeBron versus Michael Jordan debate every five minutes, five days in a row, five days in a row yeah. over and over again, you have so much time to be talking about women's sports on top of the men. Like you don't, there's endless content to be discussed that you don't have to resort to. Oh, so we're going to bring in. Yeah. We're going to go back to this tired ass debate that we're all sick of hearing about. It's like, let's get over it. We're going to bring in big perk. We're going to bring in big perk to talk about who's better. Oh, we got Scotty Pippen again for the 16th time in the last five years to talk about this. There's endless content. And it was like women's sports was not in the DNA of these media outlets when they came about and then they don't know what to do when people want them and they do a poor job about giving women representation and um exposing the sports because they only cover what five athletes you got serena you got um sabrina again and ask you or serena i said serena serena sabrina um naomi naomi um i'm drawing a blank uh Gymnast, I can't think of it right now. Oh, Simone Biles. Simone Biles. And then, who am I missing? Who am I missing? Diana um, Taurasi, Sue Bird, Megan Rapino. And it's like, there's like, it's like a 10. It's like 10 of them. Yeah. And then it's like, whenever they do something, oh, we have to post about it. But other than, there's like so many, it's the same thing with um, NCAA women's college basketball. It's right. Paige Beckers. That's it. And the problem, and, and the problem is Caitlin Clark. And the problem with that is, is that then the the population that is consuming this content gets the idea that, you know, okay, That's I'm it. following women's sports because I'm following Megan Rapino and I'm following Diana Taurasi and I'm following Paige Beckers. It's like, no, there's. So much more that's not being tapped into, which is what you were alluding to. Like there's so yeah. much more content that is just falling by the wayside that again, will only get tapped into if these outlets, national and local dedicate resources, reporters mm-hmm. to covering these teams the same exact way, because then I've learned this in covering both the sky and the red stars when you're, when you're playing catch up and I don't feel like I'm, I'm playing catch up right now, but when you're, when you're jumping onto a beat momentarily, and I see other, other outlets in Chicago do this when they're coming to a red stars game, just because, you know, Megan Rapinoe's in town, for example, um, JJ Watt. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, writing about Kalia Watt because she's married to some guy who plays in the NFL. It's like, what? Um, <laughs> like, you're you're playing catch up and you're missing out on Vanessa DiBernardo and um, Sarah Gordon. Like, you're missing out on these, these in some ways, more exci- arguably more exciting stories, more relatable stories, more enticing stories, stories that haven't been told because you're only showing up for this Nash, this thing that you think could pop off nationally. So until we see resources dedicated to covering these teams, again, like how we started this conversation, the same way we cover men's teams, well, then we're all always going to be consuming the, the big stars instead of all the stars, if that makes sense. Yeah. And the saddest thing is on top of all of this, little girls have no one to look up to. Well, they don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying they don't have anyone. I'm just saying like, it's, it's rare to hear, or I mean, they deserve, obviously they deserve more role models, but it's rare, rare people like our age hearing like, oh, I looked up to so-and-so Diana Taurasi, or uh, I remember as a kid, it was uh, Mia, uh, is it Mia Hamm, right? Mia Hamm. Yes, it's Mia Hamm. Um, no, I'm, I, I was about to say Morgan Hamm for some reason. And I second guessed oh my myself. Oh God, Mia, I apologize. Uh, did you see her card? Yeah. Did you see her card sold for, oh God forgot how much yeah it was, it was like, the, like the, the highest uh the highest woman's yeah. card yeah that's awesome. I did that that's incredible but no I I know what you're saying like um we're every generation we're depriving young girls of of 
of role models by not sharing these stories. So absolutely, that's a critically important reason to be covering these teams as well. But like, bottom line, bottom line, like role model aside, it's like who Charles, did Charles Barkley say, like, I'm nobody's role model. It's like Liz Cambage doesn't owe it to anybody to be a role model. I mean, she is, but it's like, even, even if she wanted to be like, a gnarly ass person off the court. Like she's entitled to what she is. I mean, she's she a badass, is. but I'm saying like, even if she, she didn't want to be yeah. a star off the court, like she is on the court, which again, she is, I, we still owe her <laughs> the coverage of her greatness. You know what I'm saying? If that makes sense. It's yeah. like nobody needs to be a role model to, to be covered. Like they're. No. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah. That's, I don't know. I just think I just I'm viewing it as when people say women's sports don't matter. It's like, well, dude, shut up because you got to look up to hundreds upon hundreds of people your entire life. And what how many people do little girls get to look up to because their sport, their favorite sport isn't covered as enough. Yeah, I mean, that's just a tired excuse. We don't even need to give energy to people who say that women's sports don't matter. It's like, what else do you have for me? Like, make it exciting. If we're going to argue like entertain me because that's not it <laughs> so i'm going back to espnw because this this drives me nuts and i want to hear your take on it so i had a tweet miss annie this is not a brag this is just a conversation i had a tweet go viral okay woo good for me good for me like, go off king go off and it was that picture of the little girl dressed as her favorite soccer player and it was like the fat head mm-hmm. and she was dressed like it and she's like Pose, oh yeah yeah thing. yes the most adorable picture you'll ever see in your entire career um and i quoted it in like the spongebob sarcastic lettering where it's like uppercase lowercase and i said women's sports don't matter and then i put like you don't know what you're talking yeah. about yeah and like a hundred thousand likes and espn dm'd me they're like hey can we use this and i'm like well this isn't my photo i found it on this you'll have to go through that they posted it on the w page you couldn't have put that on the normal page. I just don't understand why. Well, again, I mean, I hate to, can I hate to like be, what's that phrase? Like hammering this, hammering this nail. Be, uh, beating a dead yeah, horse. Beating a dead horse. There you go. Um, but, <laughs> but again, it goes back to, to like, we're covering women's sports differently. We're making women's sports yeah. neat, uh, like a niche niche some people say niche some people say niche I say niche but then I feel like I'm wrong anyways we're is it data or data I say data I, I say both um but we're waking we're making women's sports niche instead of instead of just like the same Normalizing. like yeah, ESPNW in itself is making like it a niche coverage like niche content and it mm-hmm. needs like it, it should just all be the same right so yeah, of course, them putting it on ESP, ESPNW from like a content, from like a content management standpoint, I'm, I'm sure someone was like, yeah, that goes on like the W page, you know, that's where people know to come to get their women's sports coverage. But it, it's like, why? It's of course it should be on their, on their main page. It's the reason why sports are so cool. So yeah, I, I, I think that it's, yeah, it just goes back to that argument that we're covering women's sports differently and we shouldn't. Anytime I see something cool on the W page that I feel like should be on the ESPN page, I'll be like, why isn't this? I'll comment. Why isn't this on the main page? And some stupid idiot will always go, well, because the comments are so rude. Well, you have to get through that to normalize it. Like the more you see it, the more it's normal. Yeah. I think people, I think also people should see how gnarly the comments are because it's disgusting. People don't know. And it's sad. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, go look. Yeah. It's awful. It's really awful. And it's this, But it's, it's very unoriginal. So it's kind of humorous because it's same thing, same thing, same thing, same thing, something nice. But when you're consuming thing, thing, that thing, all the time, I think it could be very detrimental to people's like mental health you know to be consuming that even even as unoriginal as it is it's very it's very um toxic to be to have to consume that all the time and I'm not saying everyone is you know a lot of people you know don't even look at that stuff a lot of people turn their notifications off but um for for any athlete for any professional in any field to be constantly consuming negativity is like 
really who who else does that besides professional athletes and and you know global superstars and and maybe like music and entertainment there aren't a lot of in- industries where it's part of your job to consume negativity every single day so what is your take on uh like athletes not wanting to do interviews like post game or i feel like as a younger journalist, it's my job to to hear everybody out, and I mm-hmm. I think it's a benefit to be coming in or to to be growing in this industry in a time where I'm not part of like that old school regime, and I'm not part Boomers. of this like new school regime. I'm like kind of in this middle territory where I'm like taking notes from the old school people, and and also like you know watching these this younger generation do it. Um, and so I, I've been hearing people out because I plan on being in this industry my entire life. And in order to be successful in that, like you have to understand how the business is going to change. And the reality is that we could see that change where, especially after COVID and, and the way that we had to, you know, change the way we cover teams, as far as even getting in-person interviews done, you know, we could see we could see things change in in a sense that athletes stop being so available. We can't assume mm-hmm. that they'll always be so available. I do think yeah. that as professionals, we all have we all have uh, you know job requirements and coverage is is part of that requirement. You know, athletes are going to have to be available, but are they going to have to be available every day? Are they going to have to be available after every loss? Like, are they going to have to be available as much as, as we have expected them to be? I don't know. And I also know that in order for me to do my job to the best of my ability, I I'm going to have to understand where these athletes and coaches are coming from. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. I don't think that it's wrong for an athlete to choose their mental health over a job requirement the same way I, I wouldn't want to, to be told I'm wrong for choosing my mental health over, over, you know, a day of work. So I think there needs to be more empathy and a better attempt at understanding where athletes and coaches are coming from versus immediately like criticizing this conversation. Cause they're entertaining. Right. It's like for my, right. Yeah. I just feel bad for the athletes that have to deal with the dumb questions and that's just, they're just sick of having the same question asked every single time they have to do an interview. Like everyone just, can we be more original? Well, I can't, I can't think of an, like a question off the top of the head that people always get asked, but I just have seen people getting mad about having the same question asked over and over again. Well, I think that just depends on, on the scenario. So like, for example, during the seven game losing streak, it's like, how many different ways can you ask? Like, what's, what's the, what's the disconnect here? Like what's going Mm -hmm. on? And, and of course, like how many times do you want to answer that? But also if you're covering the team every day and they keep losing, like you have to ask what's going on. I I wish I had a better way of wording it and had an example, but I couldn't find one. I don't know. I just, I can't think of the quote unquote dumb question that I wanted to bring up. So that was a terrible question. No, I mean, I, I guess I hear what you're saying. And I always try to lean to more towards like, no question is a dumb question. And everyone's just trying, like everyone has something in their head that they're trying to get answered. Mm-hmm. And maybe it doesn't come out exactly, you know, how they, they want it to. And, and sometimes things can get, you know, yeah, it just, it's not. Um, I mean, I've, I've had that happen. I've asked dumb questions. And again, like, we are professionals. They're professionals. We have bad days the same way they have bad days. So at the end of the day, if you're not understanding where their bad day is coming from and they're not understanding where your bad day is coming from, well, then we're all just kind of being bad humans. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, we're all just humans true. at the end of the day. So like, if you're not trying to be empathetic towards their experience, like, and they're not trying to be empathetic towards yours, well, then we're kind of just being shitty to each other. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, it was either Naomi or Serena that had like the question like everyone got mad about, and then it was like bringing up how journalism needs more people of color, which is true. They do, mm-hmm. 
Well, Serena has historically been been dis- like discriminated against yeah. in coverage and and like used racist tones in coverage. Like reporters have historically covered Serena with racist undertones and racist language throughout her career. And and she's not alone in that. Like, but her the examples are are kind of shocking because you're like, how how was this said during a national broadcast? Like her her energy gets picked apart. Her her wardrobe gets picked apart. Like things that that do not happen for white women do not happen for for white male athletes. Like, and 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 when it's Serena, it's you're smacked in the face with like, how was this allowed to happen? And so, I mean, absolutely, there's a need for for more. Um, black voices in journalism. And there's a need for more voices of color in journalism because we all have a different experience. So if the stories are only being told through like a white gaze, what is that doing for our yeah. absorption different of stories? Yeah, we're all like, we're all absorbing this story from a white male gaze. Like what how does that alter our view of people's experience? And the same thing with having more women journalists. too, Right. And I do think that, that you don't have to be a, a black writer to share a black story. You don't have to be a white writer to share a white story. I do think this translates, but if, if all of our stories are being told from one perspective, yeah. that's like propaganda. Yeah, exactly. So it's tough. Uh, so this is the little fun part I have. Love it. So I'm curious, who's your dream interview? Oh my gosh. Do you want me to tell you mine? Why you think? Yeah, please tell me yours while I sit back and really think about this. Oh my God. So, so mine's funny. Uh, it's Sue Bird. And it's for one reason only. It's because during the NBA All-Star game or like weekend, uh-huh. He was at DePaul practicing with Team USA. And I was walking to the train and she walked right past me and my brain just turned off. I was like, who's that? And I'm like, I know that person's famous and I couldn't think of the name. Couldn't think of the name. Like she was so close. Could have just punched her in the face. She was that close. So I kept walking to the train. Mm -hmm. I look up the team and I go, oh my God, you idiot. You could have said hi to Sue Bird. And you didn't. I didn't. So I want to interview her so bad just to tell her that. Because I would think I was like too focused. I'm like, oh my God, Kelsey Plum's here. Kelsey Plum is, is great too. There's there's so many. I mean, that, that's a good reason to want to interview Sue Bird and Sue Bird's us. And she's so nice. And she's like, her interviews are so genuine. Like my other dream is Holly Rowe because Holly Rowe is the most, pure human I've ever seen like someone who just cries on tv I'm like I love yeah her. yeah she's so genuine and I talked to Lindsay Meeks two weeks mm-hmm. ago and I'm like did you talk to Holly she's like yeah I fangirled while she fangirled over me and I was like that's awesome yeah Holly I've learned a lot from just listening to the way Holly conducts interviews and she's so relatable like she comes into video She's literally your mom. Yeah, and She's literally like everyone's mom. Or just your friend. Like she comes in and, yeah. and, and obviously, and, and that doesn't take away, like she's still getting hard questions asked. She's still talking to players after losses and, and after bad moments, moments of adversity. And she's asking questions that aren't super fun to ask. Um, but she does it with such grace and such empathy that like allows a person to, to settle in and, and be open and be vulnerable and be honest. And so I think that any, you know, any young journalist listening, you can learn a lot from, from the way Holly approaches asking good questions and asking hard questions. So Holly is definitely another, uh, a good, uh, dream interview. You know, when I think, so I have a couple and it's constantly changing. Cause like, then you do it yeah. and you're like, you're like, Whoa, okay. Who's next? Oh yeah. But yeah. I will say like the young per like the young aspiring journalist, I knew I wanted to be a journalist when I was like 15 years old. And the reason I wanted to be a journalist was because of LeBron James. And you met LeBron James. Th- this is no, going? I never did. Oh. I, so he, he will always, and, and 
like doing a one-on-one with LeBron. Cause I've been in yeah. press conferences where, you know, he's there and, and, and that's great. Um, Hi, but doing a one-on-one with LeBron would, will always be, um, you know, a, uh, a dream of mine because he really inspired my career. I was so inspired by him growing up. I, I used to sit at home and watch his highlights, um, after school, after basketball practice, I'd stay up all night, like YouTubing LeBron James highlights. And I just always wanted to know more about him. Like I wanted to know about yeah. his mom and like his, his high school, like everything I I would. His Homer. Oh my God. Before I, I would just, I was like the ultimate LeBron James. Like, so did you want a yellow Hummer too? Did I want what? A yellow Hummer. I never wanted a yellow Hummer, but I didn't know about the yellow Hummer. I thought it was like very cool. Um, I asked LeBron to prom. I went to, um, <laughs> yeah, I went to, what was it? The Eastern Conference Finals where they played Orlando. It was in yeah. 2009. I Nine believe years. it was the Eastern Conference Finals. And the game where LeBron, there's like an iconic photo of LeBron James. He hits a buzzer beater and he's like, running across the court to his teammates and he's like this he's like <sighs> yes and it's yes. um against Orlando and I was at that game and I had a poster that was he hit it at the top of the key correct yeah and then he turns yeah, around and he like races back towards big baggy yeah. shorts and I had yeah so I had a poster at that game that was like will you go to prom with me um and yeah so uh that was so LeBron is is definitely one but then like Candace Parker was one and then I got to share this like 3000 word cover story on her. So it's constantly changing. Um, Dawn Staley is one, uh, but you know, I talked to her or I was, I was part of a zoom conference that uh, for, for team USA. So it's just constantly changing. But when I say interview, I mean like one-on-one. So Dawn Staley is someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Dawn Staley is one that I, I is, is like on my, my bucket list to get a one-on-one with her. Now that you mentioned uh, Candace, Allie Quigley is one of mine now. Yeah. We went to the same high school. We went to the same college. I just have to work for the sky now. Oh, and that, yeah. And then you're the same. We're, we're the same person. You also have we're to like become the leading scorer, the all-time leading scorer for the sky. You have to become an all-star. You have to I have, a I have few impeccable- more things than just work for the sky. <laughs> I have impeccable form. That's all I have. It's not going to go in. You're going to be like, wow, that guy's got great form. Don't look where the ball is going. Just don't look where the ball is I just want to say that Kobe and um, you, you are not the same as Allie. No, not even close. Even if you work for the sky. Not even close. <laughs> but hey, set, set your standards high for yourself. I mean, that's all you can do. <laughs> to, to the ceiling is the roof, Michael Jordan. <laughs> I, I have to bring this up. You have my favorite pair of shoes on the planet. Uh-huh. Which ones are those? The tie-dye Jordan ones. Oh, yes. Those are a favorite of mine. Those? I want to know, one, why are they women's shoes? Because... They would look good on anyone's feet. Well, I think sometimes Jordan tries to do things that that are specifically geared towards women because those are so yeah. Cool. These launches though are always like freaking snatched up by these hype beast men. You know, like <laughs> give us something. So there are very few releases that are just for women's, and even when they are, men are still you know snatching these things up. So I think we need more more releases that are just for women. <laughs> When they are the women's shoes, I feel like they're not as great as they could be too. So like those shoes are awesome. Yeah, they're and I don't and, and no one talks about them. I feel like no one ever is like, oh, these are cool. Well, I'm not really a sneakerhead by any means. I only get things that I I really like know that I'll wear, and that was a shoe that I was like, oh, I have like a few outfits in mind that I'll wear with these. Um, so it's like those are my only, or I haven't. I think those are my only ones right now that I wear. So um, I'm not like on the sneaker app, like, Ooh, I need this and I need that. It's like, I'll only get it if I know for certain that I'm going to wear it. She's a big boot girl. I'm a big what? Boot girl. Oh yeah. I love a good pair of boots. Love a good pair of boots. I only bring that up because I think women's women's sports fashion is awesome. And I love how teams have to take pictures of all that everyone coming in before each game and like everyone's outfits are awesome. Yeah. Well, Cappy Pondexter is one of the pioneers in that she was laying the foundation for women's fashion in the WNBA before, you know, it was super talked about. So shout out to Cappy, a Chicago product. Um, if you don't know who that is, please Google her. Her fashion game is unreal. 
he writes down Gabby's name. <laughs> yeah, she's a she's a incredibly um, influential both player and um, you know styled player. Before I forget to ask this, this is something that's been on my mind for the longest time. Is Azure Stevens the nicest person on the planet? I think you know. I don't ever like to talk about them on a personal level because I don't really know any of them personally. But she, I mean, she's great. Azra is great. I think. She, I only say that because I'm watching her on TV and just this this thought came to my head. I'm like, she looks like someone you'd get paired up with in a college class and like for a project and like someone would like leave by the group or not do any of the work. And she'd be like, no, I got it all. It's OK, guys. I'll take care of it. <laughs> She just gives me that energy and she just seems like the kindest soul. Well, you should ask her sometime, but I, I mean, she's definitely like, I have She didn't answer my DMs, Miss Annie. She answer <laughs> I have nothing bad to say about any of these players. I I would imagine you wouldn't have I enjoy any. covering all of them and they all um, are very kind to me in a work working relationship. As I, would, as I would imagine. Yeah. So now we have to dive into the greatest city of all time, which is the one we're both in currently. Outside of Wicker Park, Annie, what do you love about Chicago? Well, the shade is real. Um... (laughs) Okay, I have to say why I keep saying Wicker Park, because (laughs) before we started recording, I asked Annie if she lived in Wicker Park because... Her energy. He basically like just, stalked my Instagram and found out I were, lived in Wicker Park and then threw shade at me for living in Wicker Park. Um, but. For, no, nope, nope. Time out. Time out. Before Annie makes me seem like some kind of creep, I'm a journalist, Annie. I was doing my research. Okay, he was doing his research. So, aside from where I live, I do stay in Wicker Park. Um, I've lived in so many different neighborhoods in the city. I've lived in West Town. I've lived in Noble Square. I've lived in um, Greek Town. I've lived in Lincoln Park. And now I currently live in Wicker Park. Um, I feel like that's weird. Not that anyone's <laughs> going to like show up in my apartment. But, um, but I also enough. grew up in, in the Northwest suburbs. I grew up in um, Addison. And so I've been spending a lot of time. I've spent, you know most of my time in Chicago. I'm, I I love the city. Um, and one of my favorite things about the city, <sighs> hmm. What's your favorite building? My favorite building? Come hmm. on, you gotta have a favorite building, come on. Do you have a favorite building? Yeah. What? The Drake. Why? I don't know. I'm obsessed with it. I have a throw pillow of the Drake Hotel. That's so bizarre. Um, I don't have a favorite. <laughs> oh, she's I don't have a favorite building. I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't really see the city. Maybe as from the like. I don't know. Maybe I should try and be more of a tourist, and then I would have a better answer for this. But I just. I like. I like um, the realness that exists here. I like. Um, that sometimes you'll meet really nice people and sometimes you'll meet people that don't really fuck with you. And either way, they're going to like, let you know right away. (laughs) Like you're never, you're not going to meet someone who's like, you're confused about how they feel. Um, At least not around the people like around in the areas I'm existing in. And so, yeah, I like the realness that exists in Chicago. I love like the public transportation. I like how easy it is to get around this city. I like that, yeah, you, again, like I said, you could, you could be in like a Midwesterny nice mood one day and the next day you just don't really want to talk to anybody. And and either way, like you're not going to feel out of place here. So I think that there's space for a lot of different energy in this, in this city. And I, I like that. What's your craziest CTA story? Oh, this was recent. Um, I was coming home Ooh. from Wintrust. And it was like 10.30 at night, 11 after the game got done and after I filed my story. And um, it, yeah, someone just kept yelling at me that like how ugly I was. (laughs) And I was like, and obviously like they were just trying to fight with me. So it it was, I, I was like totally fine. I was trying not to laugh because I didn't want, I really didn't want to engage with this person. But yeah, it was like, 
they probably yelled it like 15 times from down the platform. Like, girl, you're so ugly. And I'm like, thank you. Uh, what, what is the craziest thing anyone's tried to sell you on the train? Uh, um, photos. Like someone was like, can I take, uh, how much would you pay me to take your photo? And I was like, what? Nothing. <laughs> I was like, I don't want my photo taken. Thank you. For me, it's either belts that were stolen because the tags are still on them. Like the, the emergency tag or whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. And toothpaste. Got it. That's interesting. Guy came, guy came around with some crest. He goes, you want some? <laughs> I was like, no, I have plenty at home. Thank you. That's hilarious. All right. Um, I have to run to Sky Media availability. So... This has been a very good conversation. Is there any last question you need asked or are we good? <laughs> I feel like I should have said that. I mean, I, I said I have to go before 12. I, I know, I know, I know. Well, I'll just, I'll just clean it up right now. Hey, Annie, thank you so much for stopping by. I think that was about it. This, this meant a, a lot. This was so much fun. It was a great conversation. I'm glad I got to come on and I'm happy to come back anytime. I will bother you when I have no one to do for a week. Wow. Okay. I'm like the last minute. I'm, I'm the last minute. And no, you get it. I'll give you a week in advance. Okay. <laughs> well, this was great. And again, thank you. There was no disrespect with me saying, Hey, you're going to be my back pocket guest. Okay. <laughs> I'll come to Wicker Park. We'll like, we'll like go to like, I don't even know what happens at Wicker Park. So I can't even talk crap. Oh my God. I get my haircut in Wicker Park. So that's it. Well, um, I definitely do more than just exist in Wicker Park, but I'm so glad that I got to come on. Thank you so much for having me and support the Chicago Sky and the Chicago Red Stars. Subscribe to the Chicago Sun-Times. That's and it. listen to Equal Play. Yes, yeah. please. You're All right, thank you so much. It's cut with the women's sports podcast. It's cut with the women's sports podcast. Yeah. It's cut with the women's sports. Hold up. You gotta wake up. You gotta wake up. Go ahead and shake up. Gotta wake up. Go get your cake up. You gotta wake up. Gotta wake up. Go get your cake up. You gotta shake up. Gotta wake up. Go get your cake up. You gotta shake up. Go to class with it. Go to class with it. Broadcasting it. Broadcasting it. You know it's cub with the women's podcasting it. You know it's cub with the women's sports podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.